Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of all your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And we have a very interesting film today. Um, I recently watched The Wind Rises, uh, which is about the... It's a, it's a Studio Ghibli film, um, anime film, about the designer of the Japanese F-Zero, very much about World War II. Um, I watched that for my other podcast, One True Pod. Go check it out. Um, and I also recently watched Jaws for the first time. So, um, like, start to finish first time. So if you synthesize those two movies and add in <laughs> just a little bit of comedy, you'd get this film. Yeah, that yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and what film is that? That is, folks, 1941, directed by Steven Spielberg uh, in the year of our Lord, 1979, uh, which is uh, two years after uh, Close Encounters and I think uh, about... Four years after Jaws. Yep, Jaws was 75. Um, what's funny, whenever I see this movie written down, it's literally 1941, parentheses, 1979. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is wild. Um, the production team behind it and the cast is just like, it, it's insane. It's The names on this is, is ridiculous. Um, as, as we said, we have Steven Spielberg directing, um, written by... Robert Zemeckis, Bob Gale, and and pro-con anti-pope John Milius. Hell yeah, folks. Um, it's it's pretty wild. I believe this is the first film that Spielberg and Zemeckis team up for. Um, because, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that... yeah. I don't think they team up until a little later as well for like, um, you know, the Back to the Future films, Spielberg in a producer role, of course. Sure. And then Bob Gale mostly works with Zemeckis. He's his writing partner. And John Milius is a wandering psychopathic Ronin for hire <laughs> in Hollywood. Yes. So he wrote the story. He has a story credit. He doesn't have a screenwriting credit, but um, still, there's obviously a lot of Milius uh, in this film. There's uh, right. <laughs> certain just... attitudes towards Japanese people, definitely. Yeah, they're they're honorable savages, basically. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, so yeah, this cast is, as I said, out of this world. We have. In starring roles, credited starring roles, um, Dan Aykroyd, Ned Beatty, John Belushi, Lauren, Lauren Gary, Murray Hamilton, Christopher Lee, Tim Matheson, Tashira Mifune, Warren Oates, Robert Stack, Treat Williams, Nancy Allen, Bobby DeKiko, Eddie Dezine, Diane Kay, Slim Pickens, Wendy Jo Sperber, and John Candy. Um, <laughs> Insane. <laughs> Wild. And then in fe- featured roles, like appearances by Penny Marshall, Michael McKean, Lucille Benson, Mickey Rourke, Samuel Fuller, John Landis, Dick Miller, hey, yeah. and, and James James Kahn in an uncredited role. Mm. The Wild. last Those last bunch there, it's like sneeze and you miss them. The only person I, I remember seeing, the two, well, the only two I remember seeing were Lucille Benson and John, uh, no, and Sam Fuller. I I do not know where John Landis is. I have no idea where Dick Miller is, and yeah. I I think they cut a lot of Mickey Rourke out of the movie because I do not remember seeing him. He's supposed to be with the tank group, but I do not remember him at all. Maybe we see like his arm when they're inside the yeah. tank or something. Something like, it's, it's like, like he's definitely like cut out somehow. I don't. I do not know how, but he is. Yeah, he's and, not in and, this movie. And James Caan's role is fighting sailor uncredited. So like literally right. one of the enormous yeah. crowd shots. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's we're hey, not a, really a role. A role's a, a role's a role. Yeah. <laughs> it's what you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is uh, obviously an ensemble film and it is about um, December 13th, 1941, a few days after Pearl Harbor. I think it, it, it literally takes place one week after Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right before Christmas, this is a sort of Christmas film as well. It is. It um, is. All the Santas and, and Christmas lights we see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it takes place in L.A. specifically, and kind of the uh, the panic that uh, ordinary citizens and military personnel went through. Of course, a um, you know a very hyperbolized version of that, and uh, a yeah. lot of uh, a lot of satire involved as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of a lot of emotional like resonance with today just like riots and like people like the like, military shutting shutting cities down like com- completely different context completely different reasons for it but like some of those big crowd scenes like yeah. 
like hey turn on cnn that's what you see like of course completely different mood right. and everything but mm. still um yeah yeah th- this is an interesting film we chose this for for a couple reasons mainly honestly the reason i picked it is because i just saw jaws he just saw jaws <laughs> and we had randomly had a conversation about 1941 and then i i think actually coincidentally we picked it you didn't even pick it specifically because that conversation but yeah well i honestly it was honestly jaws and i was joking about it at the intro but i just saw the wind rises um, right but yeah th- this movie it's an interesting it's an odd duck for spielberg's career um Budget for $35 million, easily made it back, made 90, $94 million, uh, at the box office. Um, but for, like, Spielberg numbers, that's relatively low. Because, oh, yeah. like... Um, Considering... Y- you, look at, you look at Close Encounters, which was shot for $19 million. It made $306 million back. Right. Um, and similarly Spielberg, with Jaws, I think Jaws was made for around $9 million and made something like... 400 or so million dollars <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's kind of kind of a hack point to say this now but like it's it is it created summer blockbusters jaws yes mm-hmm. um jaws, jaws and star star wars together mm-hmm. yeah no um you know there's been a, a lot of uh ink spilled about um spielberg and lucas is destroying hollywood and blah 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 but you know the reality is hollywood always destroys hollywood with new market forces uh <laughs> yeah the the reality is if if it wasn't spielberg and lucas it would have been two other young upstarts oh, yeah. eventually exactly G- give it give it a few more months it would have been someone else yeah, it's 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 bound to happen um this the changing uh socioeconomic factors of uh, of the world uh change this industry you know almost uh not even just like decade by decade but almost like every few years especially now i mean things just seem like uh really rapid um how they're changing i mean obviously for uh for right now with covid there's no such thing as movies but uh, (laughs) oh yeah i mean it it feels like marvel's done um it like i I guess that's the moment we're in now like they they clearly peaked with the infinity war movies Mm -hmm. um or whatever fucking end, end game end game okay so there's end game infinity war yeah but, infinity oh, yeah, okay, war okay, was okay, part yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the part two yeah there we go yes the those avenger though you kids in your <laughs> avenger movies yeah, i should actually Mar- say it was not a part one part two that's you know that's the uh the russo brothers are going to come out of the closet here and uh, yeah, hit me on the head with a mallet because i said it's a part one part two film come out of their closet is a clever little wordplay because one of them played a gay man in one of the movies even though he's not gay himself yeah, that's right neither of them are gay yeah that's right yeah <laughs> but like oh yeah we're we're operating we're firing on all cylinders today folks <laughs> um but yeah no it, that's true and um this movie came at an interesting point in like a, a very formative figure in, in in hollywood's career um coming up spielberg's career is, is crazy we've been talking about this all week like jaws close encounters and then this mm-hmm. it's it's very weird right um, and duel and sugarland express before that um which right, duel right. was uh, i think somewhat successful same with sugarland i mean he really hadn't gotten to um the the level of fame yet but those were still you know they they played pretty well in mm-hmm. in this in the 70s yeah um people don't hate this movie it, it it ha- it's something of a cult movie just because it's spielberg but like i i feel the fact that it's him gives us a pass for for our parameters for the show like it's not mm. too much of like a yeah. cult class it, like it's not like rocky horror no. or something no no um, I, I mean it's like this and then his film always that i think very few people even watch these films um yeah i don't think this is in anyone's you know uh r- rotation when they're like oh i can't wait to crack open a spielberg canon, blu-ray yeah. <laughs> like it's it's not 1941 that's for sure <laughs> yeah um and i guess like the biggest problem with this movie that didn't take off um we we kind of both called it right after we watched it like it it needed a different director honestly yeah um there there's roughly like 45 minutes cut from the final cut of this which is wild because it felt really long it's too long to begin with it's uh, it's i think two minutes under two hours um yeah and it, it you could you could shorn strike off one another, strike one yes <laughs> strike one. no for sure i mean take off another 30 minutes honestly yeah easily um but yeah we're, we're, t- we're my my idea was like mel brooks you you said like rob reiner um just anyone yeah, or, with or like or a even carl reiner slaps. like yeah, yeah. Anyone with like a slapstick 
sensibility would, would have done much better. Um, Spielberg easily producing role, I think, in this in this would have been good. Yeah. I, yeah, um, I mean, and, and I don't think really he, yeah, no, he doesn't, he isn't really much of a producer at this point, but this could have been the beginning of that career. Um, yeah. But yeah, even he said that like he shouldn't have directed some of the sequences, which is interesting because I, I would think uh, like let him direct some of the action sequences, but because so many of the action sequences were miniatures in this film, um, mm-hmm. he actually believed that he should not have directed the miniatures in this film. He should have had a second uh, director, a second unit director or an assistant director direct the miniatures. Um, he should have had Lucas do, do that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Or all, all that nerd shit, like military weeb shit, you know, that's Lucas. Right, you know, and Lucas um, at this point had already made A New Hope. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I imagine a lot of those guys were on set um, for the filming of this movie, because uh, you think of so Nancy Allen and Brian De Palma, I believe, are married at this point. Mm, so yep. I'm sure he just popped in every once in a while. I'm sure Lucas Tashir, popped in. Tashir Mufune was in America. Lucas was probably like oh, worshiping the ground that he yeah. stepped on. <laughs> yeah, he was probably dying to see him. Um, like, Mr. 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 Mufune, do you need anything? Mufune son, <laughs> can I can I get you can I get you a coffee? Can I get you water? You know, I, I can only imagine like scorsese on set of this um you know or or coppola it's it would be that'd be really strange especially this film kind of references the godfather films a little bit um with the way uh wally is dressed he's kind of dressed like um al pacino's character in the first godfather when he's in his military gear he's like (laughs) yeah that's true um but yeah this is this is a national lampoon film in all but name um it it yeah. feels like oh, yeah. Animal House or something. It it feels like I don't know like and and like the Mel Brooks like the History of the World Part One. Mm-hmm. Um, it, ha- it has that sensibility kind of like old Hollywood like huge ensemble like huge extras and casts of characters just like running around on on stage being directed off screen. Um, yeah, and I guess this and, is uh, Spielberg's first ensemble film too. I mean, yeah, the other ones are much smaller. Um, you know, speaking mm-hmm. role films. I mean, Jaws has like, I don't know, 10, 12 speaking roles. Yeah, a dozen people. It's like it's like a stage play, basically. Yeah. Um, Duel has like two. <laughs> yeah. One of them's a truck. Um. So yeah, the summarizing this movie is not going to be tricky, but like there, there's just a, a few different like plot threads. Yeah. Um, and they're all interwoven. And part of the trouble with the length is it, it feels almost like a compilation from like a TV show at times. I think like 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 it feels like a like 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 an extended like series like Mad TV or like Saturday Night Live like yeah. episode mm. basically because there's so many like recurring plot threads and if they were just all like consolidated into one thing they they would be kind of short. Um, but the the basic the basic conceit is um, it's in Hollywood, California, um, a week after Pearl Harbor, and a a Japanese submarine is kind of kind of like got lost in in surfaces off the coast and is looking for uh, a target to attack that will bring them honor (laughs) (laughs) Uh, enter john milius here uh yeah 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 we must have honor like and actually what's really funny about uh toshir mifune this is his only american movie where he actually uses his own voice to speak in both japanese and english right yeah he was previously dubbed by uh paul freeze who uh did a lot of voice acting uh for, you know throughout the i mean forever for decades um but most notably he did uh i think fearless leader in rocky and bowinkle <laughs> <laughs> or one of the other two the N- natasha and whatever the other guy's name is uh the, Ru- mm-hmm. the russians and what's really funny is when this movie opens we get a naked woman um going swimming early morning it and it's actually the same actress that did that role in Jaws. Right. Yes. Um, and when the submarine surfaces, she's hanging in the periscope. It's like, oh, what, wonder what's going to happen. And then Toshir Mafune comes out and Christopher Lee comes out and he's playing an SS officer, um, which is pretty great. It's just like the two of them, they they make jabs back and forth and like they're, they have like this rivalry. It's, it's a huge like epic Reddit moment, but I, I still loved it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm unashamed to say I... I 
I have some cringe in me still. Yeah, you know, I, I've seen this film before, and I was still surprised when Christopher Lee popped up. I was like, holy shit, they got Christopher Lee and Ashira Mafune for this fucking movie? That's crazy. I mean, by this point, mm-hmm. you know, Christopher Lee is, I mean, he's hes a full-blown star. Like, he's been, yeah. he's been in movies for a few decades by this point. We're also going to say... Um, it is unproblematic for him to play a Nazi and to dress up as a Nazi because he actually murdered Nazis in World War II. <laughs> yes. So that that gives him a pass. That that's the new pro-con rule. Yeah. You're allowed to you're allowed to dress up in KKK, Adam Waffen, whatever, as long as you actually kill those people in real life. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Parody in Minecraft. To, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so there's we, they um actually don't get enough mileage out of their relationship. Like like you were no. saying, the problem is they, uh, it, it, this film crosscuts between so many different storylines. We don't really get enough time to just sit with one of those storylines until like the end when it's also kind of the when that, least interesting storyline. <laughs> yeah, when it all comes together, of course, everyone just gets thrown into a blender together. Um, but yeah, no the. the it, the different storylines don't have enough room to breathe. Um, then we cut to our other main, I guess our main character in as much as there ever could be one, uh, Wally. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby DeKiko. Yeah. Um, just typical Italian fail son. Yes. Him and his other friend, I don't remember his friend's name. It doesn't really matter, but like him and his friend work at a diner and, uh, we get some pretty cool shots of them. Like, Throwing cups and throwing plates and throwing a burger and throwing, yeah. uh, you know, an omelet uh, all around while, you know, I don't know, some 40s pop song is playing and, they're, and they're doing I, dance steps. I think it's In the Mood oh, okay. is the song. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in that song, it's it's kind of like a motif. It appears a couple times throughout the, throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John John Williams even, like, kind of weaves it with, in, with his score. Um, oh, yeah. John, yeah, John, John yeah. Williams score, too. Um, just another Chris... Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, folks, John Williams score, and uh, he repeats uh, some of the Jaws uh, late motifs as well in the, in the beginning. Yes. And then he adds like this weird like Asian flair to them when we finally see you know the submarine yes. rising out of the deep. Yeah. Um, and then at the diner is uh, Sergeant uh, Dan Aykroyd. Yes. With his his gunnery crew, uh, including um, John Candy is one of them. Um, I don't know any of the other guys really, yeah. but um, apparently Mickey Rourke, but. I don't I don't believe it <laughs> barely maybe <laughs> allegedly um and then we kind of get like this whole setup like the central conflict for Wally is like oh he's not a he's not a soldier he's a lover he's just in love with his his the girl that he's sweet on and he he's he's he wants to bring her to the ball but oh no he can't because you have to be uh an officer right get, or yeah you have to be a soldier it's a USO event um yeah and so um, uh when he goes to his girlfriend's house, the army, the same group actually, this this tank oh regiment goes to the, his her girlfriend's house because they live on the coast, and they are installing an mm-hmm. anti aircraft gun uh, on 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 the on the the family's lawn, um, yep. which apparently happened in Maine, uh, I guess during World hmm. War Two. Like I think it's just like it's, one occurrence of it. It seems like that would happen more so in California because that is closer to right. japan you would I, think yeah i don't know i think Maine. the whole the whole you know united states had a brain disease during world war Two. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> had i mean it ha, uh, actually it, it it just shifted into a new phase right yeah every every so often um uh it's it's a pretty funny slapstick moment like uh you have dan Aykroyd explaining to the girlfriend's overwhelmed father like whatever you do don't put in the don't put on the oh, bullet yeah. don't put on the bullet yep. whatever do you do this. don't crank this crank right. don't crank the crank whatever you do don't press the foot pedals don't press the foot pedals <laughs> like there the girlfriend's father has like three little ragamuffin like hellion children sons that are like running around like poking the soldiers and like playing with a gun yeah um, and i think one of them is dressed like a cowboy and the other two are dressed like indians which is you know <laughs> yes. very 40s i mean it, 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 yeah. even i would say even more so it's more like a 50s thing honestly like when you get yep. stuff like disney's davy crockett and and, and right. kind of you know uh, the frontier land stuff but um it's it's i think it's there's obviously westerns made in the 40s too so <laughs> right and then we get um uh what's the, what's the rapist the soldier's name stretch stretch Slim. Yeah, yeah, yeah stretch yeah he he is the romantic obstacle for wally he's like he's like i'm an officer and i'll take you to the ball sweet cheeks and we're, we're gonna have a good time get out of here kid and they throw wally in the trash the dumpster truck and the dumpster truck brings him away 
Um, and then we cut to another plot line. Um, we get <laughs> we oh, get John Jesus. Belushi basically John Belushi. playing him himself blended with Han Solo kind of. Yeah, he's like just a drunken screaming like kind of like yosemite sam almost yeah. just like bush bush pilot he's part of the u.s air force his name is he, literally wild bill captain wild yeah. bill kelso it's great and I, I read this when he he taxis down and like a random um just highway and he goes into a gas station that gas station was from duel yeah yep and lucille benson uh is is also in duel plays the same character yep. um yep. although the the gas station in duel is called like the snake arama and they have a bunch of snakes in uh these little fish tanks and the guy uh in duel i forget his name he's just like he's looking at these snakes uh, like while he's filling up his car and this you know this giant truck is like barreling down the highway to kill him um, so it's it's a it's yeah it's a little nice homage. It's pretty funny though that like Spielberg references himself several times in this film. Only like a few years after yeah. those films have been made, so it's it's yeah. big dick energy. He's just like yeah, that's right. It Already is. my films are like this fucking well known that I'm gonna reference them only four to five years later. <laughs> yeah, I c- I could see Jaws being a shoe in because like it was the biggest movie in the world right. at that time. Yeah, but um. But still, like dual, dual is the big dick energy mo- move. Yeah. Um, but hey, I mean, it, it paid off. <laughs> it did. I remembered it. Like I remember, it was like, oh, isn't that the lady from Duel? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, John Candy. He uh, not John John Candy. John Belushi uh, is so is so good in this in this role. I think he just like he's like, where the hell is the gas station? Fill her up. I'm just gonna get a. He's like grabbing cans of like canned food. <laughs> just like jumping into his he jumps back into his plane and takes off and like he's reading the map and he he's doing barrel rolls and um yeah when yeah, his plane fun. takes off without him at first like it's just it's just yeah, skidding yeah, down the highway jump, without yeah. him and he has to get you know and then at one point he has like a cupie doll that keeps like squeaking like he finds a cupie doll in his seat and then like for, for the rest of the movie it's like just in his suit and like anything anytime he does something more physical like it just squeaks <laughs> Whenever, yeah, if he, whenever he trips or falls or something, you just hear a squeak. It's, <laughs> it's pretty funny. And then we get another plot line. Um, Do we ever? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So Nancy Allen plays. Oh, my God. Um, this is the worst one. <laughs> in An aide to the general of the West Coast, basically. She's like the secretary yeah. for the West Coast general. Um, and she is super horny for planes. Yep. She wants, she wants to fuck a plane. Yep. Yeah, and then Captain Loomis Burkhead, played by Tim Matheson, uh, yep. he he knows her from like what their time in DC, and he's like, oh, I know she's horny for planes, so right. I'm gonna like fly a plane, or I'm gonna have someone else fly a plane while we have sex. But uh, I'm I'm gonna pretend to be a, an awesome pilot so that we can fuck. Yeah, um, and that's what happens. And <laughs> and I I didn't realize like it would be this long running because like the first set piece. They they try to go into like the biggest bummer and they try to hook up, but she's like, "Oh no, it's not the same. It needs to actually be flying for me for me to get off." Essentially, um, and as they're fumbling around in the cockpit, they accidentally drop a bomb and it rolls over to where the general's talking. Yes, and he's like, "There will never be no bombs, bombs on the, on the west coast," <laughs> and then a bomb rolls up behind and blows up too because it hits the stands where they're having this press conference. Everybody's running away and there's just gigantic explosion. The, this is the best stuff in this movie. The the intricate like Rube Goldberg, um, cartoony like domino effect. Um, it it definitely it definitely makes sense to me that Spielberg went on to produce Animaniacs, right? Um, yeah. Like th- this car this cartoony setup and like things just happen to fall into place, but it all works out because it's so fucking hilarious. Um, it I I got heavy Animaniacs energy from this movie. Yeah, definitely. No, and we see it later with the other with the other set pieces. Um, yep. with the the, tr- the trench run set piece and then the, the yep. anti aircraft gun set piece as well. Yep. Um, yeah. So from here, um, really, the, you know, the 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 different threads they they weave in and out of each other throughout the movie. Um, and and this is where it gets difficult because I can't remember really what happens next. Uh, I think the dance hall is the, like the next big portion of this film it's the majority really quick before really quick before that the the slim pickens character oh that's right yeah this this is worth mentioning this guy so captain Bifune and ss psychopath christopher lee are 
they're lost because their their um their equipment's broken. The the compass is specifically they harp on this. The compass is broken. We right. can't find where we're going. Hmm. Uh, and then Mofune is like to his men, go ashore, uh, capture an American that we can interrogate. And they go ashore and they find um Slim Pickens who. <laughs> Uh, is driving his truck and it says uh hollis quote holly end quote wood yes um scrap removal or whatever no, he's, he's a christmas tree salesman yes christmas tree because it's, it's christmas it's christmas it's, it's, and there was actually a scene we don't we don't see it and it's actually kind of a jarring cut but apparently there was a scene um where the japanese steal the truck and him and they they kidnap him mm-hmm. uh that's cut though and we just have this this quick cut to them like shoving him down the porthole uh, in the submarine yep. <laughs> and they try to put his his uh his stereo his his um his radio but yes. it's too big and they're like oh we have Gigantic to make these smaller <laughs> millie's line right there <laughs> millie's line right there yes oh my god yeah for sure their 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 inventive oriental minds can can make things smaller <laughs> that that's totally millie's oh yeah um, yeah, so then they, they start interrogating um, Slim Pickens because uh, they want to find Hollywood. They think if we're going to strike somewhere, we should strike Hollywood, um, yeah. which is uh, is hilarious. Because if, you, if, you're if you're looking for honor, that's probably the least honorable area <laughs> to go to. <laughs> right. But it's also funny in like a post 9-11 context, too, because I, me- I remember people thinking like, you know, they're kind of – You'd see people talk about like, what are they going to strike next? So, you yep, know, people yep, on the yep. West Coast thought like, oh, they're going to strike Hollywood. They're going to strike, you know, this <laughs> entertainment center. It's like I don't think they give a shit about Hollywood. I'm sorry, no one wants to strike Hollywood. <laughs> I just think they remember like teachers and, and adults like reassuring me, even even though I didn't really ask. Like, oh, don't worry. Like, there's nothing in New Hampshire or Massachusetts for them to strike. Like, and and even if they were, like, we're far away from Boston. <laughs> so, like, okay, yeah, they're cool. gonna, yeah, they're going to go I, after I feel the. Safe. I, the Red Sox. I feel safe uh, here in Hudson, in Hudson have, New Hampshire. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna go after the Green Monster, of course. Yes, <laughs> they're gonna. Yeah, they're gonna knock it down. Um, but yeah, so they're they're interrogating. Um, they're interrogating Slim Pickens, Mister Hollywood, and they they search him down, and he's like, "I'm not gonna tell you anything. I'm not gonna tell you anything. How to get to Hollywood?" And they pull out his all of his belongings, and one of the things is a Cracker Jack box. And when they open it, one of the Japanese soldiers finds the prize, which is a little toy <laughs> compass. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, we got a compass. We got a compass. Um, lightning quick, Mr. Holliswood jumps forward, grabs the compass, and eats it. Yes. And he's like, you guys are screwed. And then one, one of the Japanese soldiers draws his bayonet. He's like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and he's like, take it easy, son. <laughs> yeah. But then Captain Mifune, he's like, no, we have like more effective methods and they 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 pump them full of prune juice so yes. it can shit <laughs> <laughs> and then when he he's trying to shit in the in the in the head um and he's like oh i i need privacy so they all they leave him alone um and then he drops his boots in the toilet so it sounds like he's dropping giant loads <laughs> which is amazing <laughs> It's great, uh, and then he. he it's re- it's, this part's really sincerely yeah, very it funny. Is. I, I, I was laughing out loud in my room by myself. <laughs> um, and then, kind of the 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 end game here is that um, they think he he took a giant shit, so they go in to find the compass, but they can't find him because he's hiding <laughs> in, the, in fucking, the roof, in the ceiling, with, like all the pipes and shit. He jumps down on them, somehow takes out all these Japanese soldiers, <laughs> locks and them in he, the head. Um, and he he sneaks slash bumbles his way out of the U boat, and then he just gets away. And yes. he's, ne- he's not in the movie anymore. Yeah, we, we never see him odd, again. But like, hey, just, all right. They should have had him meet um, John Belushi at the end. Is what yes. they should have done. Mm-hmm. But and whatever. I don't even think that's something that's cut. I just don't think that was ever filmed. They never, just yeah. never in the original screenplay. Um, but anyway, the next big. Sp- uh, set piece is as Lewis was saying the dance hall yes. um, because Wally is trying to get with his girl um, but but Tim Matheson is like no I, I want a date raper so and, and you can't get in here yeah, treat Williams not a- treat Williams that's stretch Matheson is the I want to fuck Nancy Allen 
Yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it's, the problem also is like, I guess maybe at the time, like those actors um, were more well known and like you can kind of tell them apart and things. But now it's like, I don't know. I don't really don't know. I know Treat Williams. I don't know who Tim Matheson is. And it's just like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Why is he in this movie? <laughs> there's there's a lot of interchangeable white guys with undercuts like in this movie. Um, yeah. That are all U.S. Army soldiers. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, while he's trying to get in, he uh he rube goldberg animaniacs like he does this whole setup and he he manages to knock out an officer um he gets his uniform and he goes into the dance hall and commence probably the most impressive sequence of the movie um because it's like this wild jazz swing um dance contest and and while he's dancing with his girl and intercut with that he he's dodging stretches attempts to like beat him up yes it's like Aladdin, like, like oh, I gotta move quick and gotta be quick on my feet and do backflips yeah. and slide under, and then I'm gonna dance for a few seconds and then I'm gonna go back to like dodging. Yeah, it's, and then uh, there's it's, also, it's really well choreographed. Uh, Diane Kay, who plays Betty Douglas, I believe that's the character, who is uh, Wally's girlfriend's friend, who is in love with uh, Stretch, and she's like trying to like right. molest him at every turn, and he's like, no, I don't want to. I don't want yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the joke is she's she's fat and, and strong, so he's like not into her. Yeah. But he and he's trying to, so it's like this chain of people chasing each other while other people are dancing, while the music is swinging. It's it's very it's it's honestly very like fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, you know, um you wouldn't think Spielberg could direct something like this. He doesn't he hasn't proved that in his previous, you know, filmography up to this point. Yeah. But um it just shows how versatile a director he is, honestly. Um, not yeah. to say that, like, I mean, there are probably second unit or, you know, assistant directors who directed some of these things. Um, but also, he, he's kind of a control freak. So I, I can imagine him yeah. directing, like, the majority of this film. Yeah, it it really reminded me of, uh, and probably directly led to the the opening sequence in Temple of Doom in Club Obi-Wan. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it, it it is canonically called Club Obi-Wan. So that's yeah. a cute little <laughs> shout out. Um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, th- this sequence is great. It goes on for really long, but it doesn't feel really long. It, like it, it keeps the energy, it keeps like the tempo and everything going. Um, all of it kind of falls apart when, oh god, this is this movie is so complex and interwoven. When Nancy Allen and Tim Matheson, they they got they were able to get a plane, and they're trying to fuck in the plane. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because it's kind of on autopilot, it flies over downtown where this dance off yes. is taking place <laughs> and captain jim belushi han solo indiana jones is chasing them because he because like the plane doesn't have a radio yeah it's of course an old it doesn't. bomber doesn't have any of the more modern yeah. equipment so everyone thinks it's a bomber like a japanese bomber and he's trying to shoot it down and uh th- the general mobilizes the downtown he's like oh everyone get these civilians out of here shoot shoot out these lights get rid of the santa shoot down the santa lights and we're, we're, we gotta shoot down this plane and then like we essentially get what amounts to the trench run from a new hope oh yeah mm-hmm. very much uh except it's jim john belushi trying to shoot down nancy allen and tim matheson trying to fuck in a plane <laughs> ab- above a dance hall contest it's it's wild it's wild <laughs> um yeah and uh this is where we get our uh, Sam Fuller, who is, you know, a famous director of uh, many a war film and westerns and thrillers um, and noir films and such. But he plays Commander Hawkins, who uh, who issues a, oh, yeah. a yellow alert uh, for uh, the army and then a red alert as they uh, mm-hmm. because they think this is a, a Japanese bomber. Right. Um, pretty impressive effect sequence. Um the the planes n- nothing nothing looks too dated um in terms no. of like the planes flying yeah. and everything we get what feel what, what's a cool like zero g shot of tim matheson inside the plane as nancy allen flies it and he's kind of like twisting bumping around as the plane right. is rotating mm-hmm. it's a very cool zero zero g shot um and eventually of course john blushy does shoot them down and they crash and then john blushy is shot down Oh, no, no, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Yeah, but they crash into the Liberia tar pits, and then we see them at the end, and that's kind of it. Like, we really don't see them again after they're shot down. 
Yeah, yeah. They, um, and then on the ground, Wally, because Dan Aykroyd is knocked out, Wally is kind of press ganged into service to being commanding the tank that he and his crew command. Yeah, and then he he rescues his girlfriend from Stretch. Right, but at this point, there's a full blown in, riot in the streets. Like it's, it's basically the Zoot Suit riots, um, because uh, at one point we so. Wally and his friend are like zoot suit guys, although they are very much white. The majority of zoot suit uh, guys were like Hispanic um, or African American. They, they are, they are the original hipsters, yeah. white guys <laughs> yeah. who tried to act black. Right. Um, so we do, we do see like, and I don't know if this is a scene that was cut or not, but there is like he tries to go into the zoot suit hall, which is like right next to the USO, um, mm. and then they kind of hint at some antagonism and then it just becomes a flow, full blown riot for like almost right. no reason. Right, right, right. And Dan Aykroyd is the one who gives the speech like Americans fighting Americans. Yes. We, we got to fight. We got to fight the Krauts. Like we, we can't be like this. Yeah, that's, again, enter John Milius. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, guess, I would also, say Aykroyd is like the closest to Amelia surrogate in this film. Aykroyd is who Milius thinks he is. Uh, John Belushi is who closer to the mark, I think. <laughs> this drunken, crazy <laughs> cowboy flying. Yeah, and, and when Dan Aykroyd kind of is um, incapacitated in this next scene, that's I think that's more of like Zemeckis and Gale's like kind of you know uh, comedic stylings that take over because Milius would right. uh, would not allow that to happen to his surrogate. Right, 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 right. Um, also, the the amount I I honestly think the number of times they say the word Jap in this movie. Oh, yeah is i think they say it 1941 times it's a lot in this movie <laughs> it is yeah a little too much um, and i mean it's historically accurate but like it, it's like we, we get the point yeah like, you don't have to drive it home come on mm-hmm. um but yeah so oh god another thread line oh the amusement park yes, yes. It's, the, it's the best character <laughs> This is the best character. This is my favorite character. So there's two guys, uh, two civilians that are press ganged into like, or, or they they volunteer. I guess they're not forced, but it's like, you yeah, I think they're you volunteered. have to watch the docs. Like you have to, yeah, you have to watch the docs. You have to thank you for your service. Uh, go to the top of this Ferris wheel. It's a good vantage point, <laughs> and 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 watch the waters off the shore of this amusement park. Um, and if you see anything, radio us. Otherwise, have a good night. And it is one kind of good old boy with the, with his like his old family shotgun, and then this <laughs> who's the character who's the actor uh, Eddie this Deason. is um Eddie Deason as, as Herbie Kuz- Kaczynski <laughs> Kaczynski. Um he's just like this chatterbox nerd like oh man we're gonna go up in that we're gonna go up in the Ferris <laughs> wheel I I like Ferris wheels you like Ferris wheels I don't like heights that much well I'm okay with heights if we just if it's dark out because you can't see the bottom and I'm, I'm gonna eat this orange is it okay if we eat this orange actually this orange is all rotted we're gonna, I'm gonna drop this orange we're gonna see if it hits the ground oh my god it's gonna hit the ground you know what I should have timed it to see how high we up in the, up in the uh, like just chatterbox mile a minute and then he keeps going and the guy and then at one point the other guy's like dude shut up just like be quiet. Be quiet. I don't want to hear another word out of you while we're up here. And he's like, okay, sorry. And then we get a beat. And then, <laughs> and then the blanket in between them falls away. And it's a little, <laughs> it's a, it's a marionette. It's a, it's a mannequin. And then it like looks over and up at the guy. <laughs> and then it cuts to the next scene. <laughs> Well, he says that the the the, the, the ventriloquist dummy says to him like, oh, you're, so you're afraid of heights? I see. Yeah. <laughs> And it looks like almost exactly like Eddie Deason. Like it's it's great. It looks just it's like his little brother or something. Yeah. <laughs> just, and so and then we we go back to them a few times, but they're definitely uh, integral to the uh, the final set piece. Right, because um, the U boat ha- has managed to find a landmark that they think is Hollywood, which is this amusement park. Because one of the oh god, one of Wally's girlfriend's dad's one of Wally's girlfriend's brothers turns accidentally turns on the lights at the amusement park to get them down right yeah he, he turns on he turns on the wrong light he turns on the light that says like don't don't turn this this switch right. like and don't it, flip the switch it, yeah and it lights up the whole amusement park which allows the u-boat to see the amusement park and they 
go over there. Yeah, they think it's Hollywood. Then, like they think it's something you know culturally relevant. They say something like about like in, in industry. Like it's it's industry. It's industrial, and it's yeah. Yes. They're gonna get honor <laughs> like, from destroying this industrial park, but it's it's just an amusement park. So it's a, it's, it's an abandoned amusement park, right? And um, and then in the confusion, the two guys in the Ferris wheel accidentally shoot John Belushi's plane. Yeah, yeah. They and he he crashes downtown. Right. And then the whole gang downtown kind of bands together. They get in the tank with John Belushi on a motorcycle following them. They go to the amusement park to defend the amusement park because they know that the U-boat is there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> Wally's girlfriend's dad accidentally destroys the house because they, they bring the gun inside and they're, they're trying to shoot the U-boat. Yeah. And this is great. So Ned Beatty plays her dad, a uh, character Ward Douglas, and uh, he remembered everything Dan Aykroyd told him how to, you know, engage this aircraft gun 40 millimeter or 70 millimeter i can't remember what he says but it's this gigantic anti-aircraft gun um Mm -hmm. and he's he's lining it up for the shot um and he you know there's like this uh this this reticuli that he's looking through and he's like all right i got it in the i got it in the sight i got it in this iron sight i got i got the u-boat but then uh when the camera pulls back um, I, I guess you wouldn't actually want to use this site because the, the, the actual barrel of the gun, like is pointing right at his house. It's pointing right at the window that his wife is like looking out and she's like, no, no, spin it, turn it, turn it. What are you doing? And everybody's telling him like, I don't think you want to aim that. I think, I don't think you want to aim there. I think you want to turn it. Yeah. I think you want to turn it. <laughs> but he doesn't, of course. Uh, and when he shoots it, it the, the shell goes through his house and, and almost hits the U-boat. It's, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then he didn't have like, I don't know, like the, the parking brake on the aircraft gun, anti-aircraft <laughs> yeah. gun. So like it, it, you know, it hurdles backwards into a shed and, uh, you know, there's yeah, like yeah, debris yeah. everywhere. And then he has to get like the, the, his neighbors to like move him back into position. <laughs> yeah. And of course, it's back into stuff. position means the exact same spot. And he like, again, blows another hole through his house. Yes. Um, and yeah. And then, oh God, on Jim Belushi, Jim Belushi, John Belushi, the better, Belushi. <laughs> the, the better, the better Belushi um, is chasing the tank on a motorcycle and, and stretch and the girl that he doesn't want to be with jump into the sidecar because stretch lies he's like oh i know how to get to the hospital the hospital the amusement park and they start chasing them but then john blue figures out he's lying so he detaches the car yes the car goes flying and then they're taken out of the movie um the tank does get to the amusement park just as the u-boat is about to blow up the ferris wheel or blow up everything yeah um they don't managed to sink the u-boat because the u-boat fires torpedoes at the ferris wheel the ferris wheel in one of those probably the most like spectacular special effects um its stand is destroyed and it rolls down the dock and then it lands in the water um fortunately everyone is still alive they're just all treading water the tank sinks everyone's just hanging out in the the water hedgehog's dummy has uh water come out its nose Um, then John Belushi, he rides to the, to the rescue on his motorcycle. He does a swan leap off the, what remains of the dock. And then he swims over to the U-boat and he jumps inside the U-boat and he salutes everyone. And he, he jumps down, down, down below decks. And he's like, all right, I'm Wild Bill Kelso. Take me to Tokyo. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to be all tough. He's like, uh, uh, I want you to take me immediately to Tokyo. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> And this is the part where I figured it'd be funny if Slim Pickens appeared again somehow. Yes. But I, I don't yeah. Know. And we should say also that at some point Christopher Lee dies. He's thrown uh, overboard. If you if you kills yeah, him, yeah, he kills him. That that is such milius too. Yes. Like the, the Nazis were bastards, but the Japanese, even though they were misguided, they were honorable. Oh, yeah. and they're the better bad guys. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty yeah. obvious. That's where his allegiance it, lies. <laughs> It's it's the samurai spirit in their souls that that let them keep their honor, yeah. As opposed to those dirty croats, like <laughs> incredible. Um, uh, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. well. Then the end is the, the I guess the the, the then, kind of the epilogue to the film is that like Ned Beatty's just like destroys his whole house. <laughs> yeah, everyone that's still alive and not I mean most everyone's still alive, but like with the exception of John Belushi because he kind of got captured, like. Everyone run. Everyone ends up back at 
Ned Beatty's house and they're all just asleep. Um, and that, that was kind of like a nice little effective like end in like they're all so exhausted. They're just all sleeping yeah. on each other. They're all disgusting. They're all covered in tar or whatever. Um, and then he accidentally destroys his house. Um, oh, he's nailing then, like, the wreath to his door because he's like, yeah, it's still yeah. going to be Christmas. So he nails this Christmas wreath to the door and the door frame stays, but the rest of the house gets pushed into the ocean. Slides down into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really funny. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, oh it's, it's going to be a long war. Yeah. And then, like, and then cuts the credits. credits. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, there's just – and there's, like, a billion other slapstick moments that we didn't mention. Like, it's just – it's impossible to mention every single slapstick moment yeah. um, in this film. And it's it's legitimately funny. Um, yeah, some of the sensibilities are, are you know, uh, not very modern, um, the, the way they portray the Japanese. Uh, but at the same time they portray the americans as total fucking idiots yeah th- that's the thing that um makes it makes it better for me it's like everyone is an idiot yeah and um and toshiro mifune himself he he has a lot of dignity throughout the movie mm-hmm. he it, it's it's more like his bumbling soldiers that are like goofy yeah and um, that's what even like christopher lee's character keeps saying he's like oh the third reich would never allow like soldiers to you know be this incompetent blah 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 yeah yeah they would they would they did <laughs> they were all on fucking meth the whole time yeah and um yeah the the movie is great and it has a weird surely par- at least partially unwitting but leftist bent right um just because like the the soldiers in the military like are portrayed as like inherently goofy like yeah. like the the very attempt to have like an organization of this size and this scope just means that'll be a, a shit show and like all slapstick and like every authority figure is kind of goofy e- even if they're like good guys they're just like oh i want to watch bambi dumbo. Or, or dumbo yeah. i want to watch dumbo the, like yeah. the commander of the uh western forces is like yeah i just i'm gonna watch i'm gonna go watch Dum- dumbo i really want to see dumbo and eat my cracker jacks. <laughs> he's like crying when like dumbo and his mom cries <laughs> yeah um yeah and i mean like the what what makes it interesting is like i think for a lot of people a lot of like boomer types um it's okay to show the army the world war Two army as goofy because like they're so unquestionably good and heroic that like yeah if it's a comedy and if it's the right context of course like like hogan's heroes right or something like that like sure world war Two era people like soldiers are okay to poke fun at in a way that like a Vietnam soldiers wouldn't be because that's tragic. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't really remember what reception Tropic Thunder got. I mean, it was a weird time for America in general, but, uh, (laughs) I think people like that one. Um, They do. I think for the most part, but like, I, I think like the idea of making fun of Vietnam, it's okay to make fun of like, that era but it's wrong to insult the soldiers from vietnam because it was such an unspeakable tragedy. yeah well even in tropic Whereas thunder like, they're making a movie right like it's not actually yeah. about like vietnam soldiers yeah. either <laughs> whereas like world war ii it gets a pass for being goofy just because like oh we were obviously the good guys and we obviously won it was like our greatest moment as a nation so like sure have fun go go crazy with making fun of them but still yeah uh john wayne and uh charlton heston declined to appear in this film because they thought it was wrong to make fun of america yeah which is incredible especially coming from john wayne who didn't even serve in world war ii Um, despite what despite what he he would like to fabricate otherwise i mean he played so many characters who who like you know were soldiers or he plays a green beret like he's he's always that he he it's he exudes macho energy but you know is he's he's not at all and every actor Cla- he ever acted classic with, chicken hawk yeah. uh, and every director he ever like you know made films with especially the ones who actually served in world war ii would always just make fun of him like john ford yeah. you know um he he just like would always like either like beat him up on set or just like mock Amazing. him or like make him do like crazy stunts and make him get hurt like he just like had no Amazing. respect for john wayne and he made so many movies oh, with him and it never waned like he always disrespect he was just like i don't care like you weren't in the war like fuck you like you're not as tough as you think you are <laughs> The Virgin John Wayne and the Chad John Ford. That's yeah. amazing. But even, you know, that think of like um, 
the man who shot Liberty Valance, you have Jimmy Stewart, who actually does play like the 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 like virgin character to John Wayne's Chad in that movie. But Jimmy Stewart, like he was a veteran, uh, and yep. John Wayne was not. Not to say like yeah, you're a veteran and you're cool and awesome and great, but um, just given you know what what John Wayne wishes, uh, yep. his uh, you know what most people think. I think if you told most people, yeah, John Wayne actually didn't serve in the military, they'd be like, no, no, you're wrong. Yeah, no, most most people would think that just just based on this li- this literal fabricated persona that he cultivated over yeah. the years. Yeah. No, he was he he sucks. Uh I like some of yeah. his movies, but he just sucks. Yeah. That's he, true. He, yeah, um, he thought this movie was un-American. He told Spielberg not to make it. <laughs> and this makes sense too that Charlton Heston would say that around this time. Jesus. Like this is around the same time that Charlton Heston becomes more right-wing. I mean, because you know he like marched on Washington, right. and you know he was a civil. Yeah, rights... he he was like a he was like a New Deal Democrat originally. Yeah, for style. quite some time yeah. until right around I think now, or this you know nineteen seventy nine around this time frame. Like yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no this this movie is good. Um, everyone's a fail child in this. Oh movie. yeah, really? There's uh, every really single person. <laughs> every single person's a fail child. Uh, different 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 strains of fail children, but fail children are all the same. Um, yeah, it's really, I know, I know we keep harping on this, but like it really needed a better, tighter editing, different director, and it probably would be remembered alongside History of the World Part One by comedy people. Yeah, I think so. It's, there's a lot of potential, uh, somewhat squandered, but, uh, yeah, see it folks, you know, I mean, what else you got to do? So for our workers of note. Yeah, I'm just going to run through them really quick because so my idea is that, of course, we listed all these, you know, uh, actors and actresses in this movie. Um, if we have the time to list all of their names, we have time to list all the names of the visual effects people. Uh, so I'm going to yeah. run through them real quick. I'm not going to say what they did. Most of them just did something involving miniatures, like their prop makers or their matte painters or, or miniature painters. But uh, I think the visual effects crew um, deserves a shout out for this film. Um, it's like some of my favorite parts of the movie are like the miniatures. Um, and, uh, I think they're fine the way they directed. Like, I I think Spielberg did a pretty good job. He was, he's, you know, like I said, he's kind of hard on himself. He wishes someone else directed those, but I think they're good. Um, and the, the, the effects crew was nominated for an Oscar, but they lost to alien, which, you know, I mean, it makes sense. I think I would also, if I was in the Academy, I would vote for alien over this movie. (laughs) Um, so real quick, yes, good call. L.B. Abbott, Larry Albright, William Aldrich, Michael Barrett, Ray Beats, Tom Sanger, Michael Delgino, Anthony Dublin, Ken Ebert, Glenn Erickson, Francis Evans, Don Hathaway, David Heilman, Tim Hutchison, George Jean, Robert L. Johnston, Sharon Lee, Robin Dean Layden, James F. Lillies, Ileana Lowry, Michael McMillan, David Peterson, Larry Offerman, Milius Raman, John Russell, Nick Selden, Robert Short, Dolly Smiley, Richard Stutzman, Michael Suskin, <laughs> Sweetie Ken Swenson, Susan Turner, Brad Turpin, Frank Vanderveer, Gary Weeks, Robert E. Worthington, Matthew Urich, and Mike Myers. Not that Mike Amazing. Myers, though. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. That that was really. That we was have good. to do that now for um, every movie. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> one one other person I do want to add, um, Paul DeRolf, the choreographer. Yes. Um, just because, like I said, that that dance hall sequence, the the dancing, the fighting, the dancing slash fighting, the fighting slash dancing. It's it's so so spot on. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it, those those effects crews. It, it, if if it weren't for Alien in the same year, which is kind of unfair, th- this should have won. Yeah, I think. yeah, it's it's pretty great. Well, let's be see, let's see quickly before we make that as- assessment. <laughs> hey, hey, we we shoot from the hip here at Procon. <laughs> we it's we're we're a bunch of slim pickings. We're a bunch of wild build hit wild bill guys here. We're 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 laying down the law. We're slapping it down. We're running off into the sunset, chasing our planes. You know what? I'd give it to it. It's fine because it's it's Moonraker, oh, yeah. Star Trek, or the Black Hole. I don't even know what the Black Hole is. Star Trek's whatever. Which Star Trek? Uh, the first one, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Oh yeah. And then Moonraker. I don't know. Moonraker's fine, I guess. But 1941. Yeah. It's kind of uh, it's it's the dark horse there. So it should have won yeah. if Alien yeah. wasn't in the same year. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it just. Very very interesting movie. Um, I would definitely recommend it. It's it's a good like lazy Sunday afternoon movie. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but closing thoughts. Who do we have? 
yeah broke 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 spoke. uh broke recommendation if you are again we always do this uh spielberg completionists we could also throw in uh to share mafune completionist which is what we did last time for the challenge yes um yes, but yes, yes. uh yeah i mean if you if you you know try to see every spielberg film uh you have to see this one it's just you're contractually obligated he's one of those directors that like people definitely do that for the most I oh think. yeah um just because just sheer, purely because of his influence um if nothing else um woke recommendation um all of our broke all of our recommendations here are kind of the same but like <laughs> this one is this one is um if you're like a le epic reddit awesome sauce uh the bacon narwhals at midnight guy um you will love the mifune christopher lee relationship it, it's just like two two awesome kind of normcore nerdy screen legends going at it um just like arguing back and forth about how to torture a guy properly it's, it's really fun uh, also, just for that Mifune credit, kind of extending from our broker recommendation, it is notable that this is his only American role where he is not dubbed over. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I can the only other instance in which I could have imagined that would have happened is if George Lucas had him for Obi Wan Kenobi as he wanted. Um, right. But alas, some things are never meant to be. Yeah. Um, and all, and and specifically for the woke recommendation, my it, we we kind of do this a lot too, but like those type of apolitical reddit guys who would be like oh epic that they're doing this like they might get a little seed of doubt planted in their mind of like oh the military's goofy because this movie has like that kind of stealth lefty angle right right and to piggyback off that for the bespoke um watch this with your your boomer dad uh who adores world war ii and maybe oh, yeah. might get something out of it some some of the the you know um secret leftism that's in this movie <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch but it, <laughs> at, at least you can connect with you can connect with your boomer dad while watching this there movie you go. sure <laughs> um, all right so folks um we're gonna plug things uh yeah <laughs> which is like the third time we've ever done this <laughs> But we're going to start doing it consistently now. Yes. Just uh, follow our shit. Uh, Patreon.com slash pro underscore con. Twitter.com slash proletarian C. No spaces. Facebook.com proletarian contrarian. One word. Uh, Instagram.com proletarian dot contrarian. No spaces. Uh, follow us on all that stuff. Uh, pay us money <laughs> on Patreon. <laughs> give us give us a dollar a month. It's It's good for It's good for you. It's good for us. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We post more. We're doing some more healthy, quality, positive shit posting. Uh, who cares about Facebook and Instagram? Um, if you want to see more Celeste the Cat, Lewis has been getting some great yeah. photos lately. I have tried I uh, to up my game on that platform. Uh, you had a you had a really good one the other night. I, I like that uh, that mood mood piece that you you took a picture oh of. yes mm-hmm. yeah I had tweeted that one out a little while ago um, but I thought. Uh, it uh it was yeah instagram is the better medium for it so uh for sure yeah uh check it out folks i'll try to post more for you we so make yeah, the content for you and you only our adoring fans which is why we deserve your dollar a month yes so yeah whatever just get us something i don't know what else are you doing with yeah. your money whatever <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we'll we'll see you next week um check out 1941 it's a it's a rollicking good time yes definitely all right folks see you then (laughs) take care